It's recording, baby. This is Deserter. Welcome to another edition of the Deserter Podcast. And what a month it's been. Last month we were all sitting around making sourdough, and this month we're abolishing the police. The pubs are still shut, but if anyone can find a way to keep talking about them, it's us. So don't worry. Yeah, some pub tales in this episode, along with a catch-up of our busy lives, including a health update, a racist and an exercise plan. Yeah, I think I'll just stick to the pub tales, if that's okay. (laughs) And we've got a couple of bum-dossers to consider, although, let's face it, we're all bum-dossers now. Am I right? Am I right? Yeah, apart from the health workers. Apart from the health workers. And the teachers. Yep. The shop workers, of course. Those involved in food production. Yeah. Posties, civil servants, police, firemen, transport workers. Should we just start this bit again? (laughs) So, Rado, what have you been up to in this busy month? Well, um, I'm pleased to report that walking has a point again. Oh, really? (laughs) Or should I say, perhaps walking has a pint again. Uh Oh, Oh, yeah. 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 and I've discovered on my perambulations, tap rooms and even some pubs are doing takeaway beers. Ooh. And I've been availing myself of them. Uh, for example, I've been in, in, in over the last couple of weeks to tap rooms at Canopy, Beer by Numbers uh, and Brick Brewery in, in Peckham. Um, as well as pubs like London Beer Dispensary and the Rose and Crown in Brixton, uh, the Ivy House in Nunhead, Victoria Inn in Peckham and Off the Cuff in Herne Hill, the latter to doing pints to take away, to drink in the street. Which is, You've been busy. Yeah, it's, it's a great... Um, you know, it's like civilization has returned in a way. <laughs> um Basically, we, I go down there, get a two-pinter, maybe with a mate, and then I find a bin to lean on uh, <laughs> or, or, and drink it. Or failing that, you know, a park, and you can swig away. And one good thing about COVID-19, I think, is that it's now acceptable to swig beer in the street from two-pint plastic milk containers. <laughs> <laughs> Which must surely count as a great advancement for mankind. Yeah, it's a good look now. It is. Everyone's doing it. You know, you're not alone. You're no longer alone. Um, Toilets remain a problem. Yes. You know, they're not open in the parks. That is a problem. I mean, uh, I met a couple of mates near Peckham Rye Fountain, the old fountain of Peckham Rye Lido. Uh Um, uh, I met up with Mickey Science and the dentist down there, and uh, we were sitting around there because it's a nice shielded spot away from the traffic, and there's a little shrubbery for you to relieve yourself in should the mood or indeed the need take you. But um, we were very quickly joined by a lot of what I can only describe as down and outs who uh, you know, had previously discovered this spot. And we were the Johnny Come Latelys. Ah. And they weren't really observing social distancing. <laughs> In yeah. fact, they kept you know, trying to have a suck on a fag and a, a swig from your beer, that sort of thing. So 
be good when the toilets are open again, I think. But I'm pleased to report beer walking is back. Yeah, well, don't mention beer to me. Oh. Yes, uh, this is a health report. I've been suffering terribly with gout lately. Oh, gosh. Yes. Um, I felt it coming on and immediately got my medicine and washed it down with the beer I was drinking. <laughs> good. <laughs> good to be alert. Yes. Um, it's. I know it's only sort of a personal observation, but it feels like it's the dippers that are really hurting me. You know, it's a really intense. Oh, the double IPAs. The double IPAs, yeah. yeah. Maybe you're allergic um, to hops, mate. <laughs> Um, yes, yeah, so there are a few things that I have to avoid now. Um, one of which, well, I'll give you the list. See what you think of this: yeah. beer, oh whiskey, <laughs> beef, beef, lamb, yeah. pork, butter, <laughs> sausages, bacon, cheese, cured meats, pastries, ice cream, and herring. <laughs> <laughs> that, the herring's going to hurt. The herring's got to hurt. I mean, yeah. that's terrible. So you, you, you've Got to avoid those. This isn't this isn't the first time we've had gout. I mean, reg- regular listeners will know that um, you have gout about twice a year, don't you? Probably yes. Uh, I haven't had it as bad as this before. No. Consequently, I haven't had a beer for ten days, which is the first time that's happened since I was about twelve. <laughs> I just wonder. I do remember. I mean, um, a couple of podcasts ago, but I believe you were recorded saying that um, you were. Deciding to have no alcohol-free days because during lockdown you should be able to have a drink whenever you wanted, which was every day. Do you recall saying that? Yes. I I did say that, and uh, yes, uh, I think I'm definitely reaping what I'm sowing. Uh, Yeah. I haven't been drinking loads, but I have been drinking constantly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, so yes, I think that's that's the cause of it. I mean, on the plus side, I can have all the low-fat yogurt and skim milk I like. <laughs> um, plus, of course, uh, my favourites: fresh fruit and vegetables. Um, yes. Somebody told me that cherries um, are very good for it. Uh, I tried one. Um, <laughs> it <did> fuck all. <laughs> uh, so I won't be doing that again. But I am about to open live on air my first beer. In 10 days. Oh, yes. This is the content I'm here for. Oh, yeah. We might get a live flare-up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I might do, yeah. I might just faint with the joy of it. (laughs) Uh, I'm just just having a table beer from the Colonel. So, you know, baby steps as I... What strength is that? Yeah. What what strength is that? It's only 2.9%. Yeah. God, it smells delicious. Yeah, they do a very good table, small beer, don't they, table beer? That's a lovely sight watching you drink that with the sun shining through your oh. glass. Oh, it's, it's an almost, almost pornographic feeling. <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, we I put a new piece up about a day that we had. You know, Now we can't go out so much, maybe. We're having to mine some of our past, aren't we? And, um, yes. I went back in time 20 years or so to a time when we uh, worked for a TV company, Bravo, and uh, we had a day persuading Ron Atkinson, the ex-manager of Manchester United, and at the time a very big name TV football pundit, to uh, do some shorts 
for for Bravo TV, and we had a very surreal day out with him. It was amazing, wasn't it? And and as you have said, it, 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 we couldn't believe it was happening at the time, let alone and now. It's it's sort of amazing that it ever did. Indeed, I mean, we we went we went to meet him for lunch. I won't say the whole story because it's up on the website, Desert website. We went to meet him for lunch, and essentially. Um, we all got on very well, and we went for a, a pint afterwards in a pub where he was much fated by some West Brom and Villa fans. And then, mm. most remarkably, back to his pile in Worcestershire for an afternoon of um, what I only describe as debauchery. <laughs> um, <laughs> one thing I didn't really put in, I did a smattering of um, Ron Atkinisms in the piece, but uh, I found a, a collection of some of his uh, sayings which used to be known, if you remember, as Ronglish. That's right. And, he uh, was a language mangler, wasn't he? He was a language mangler. Amongst uh, other things. A big-time big language mangler. Uh, yeah, he would say things like, he had acres of time there. <laughs> or, <laughs> or, I don't know who this was about, but he said of uh, some uh, Spani Spanish player, He's the equivalent of the Spanish David Beckham. Uh, a couple of others. There's nobody fitter at his age, except maybe Raquel Welsh. <laughs> I mean, he was very unreconstructed. Yes. And um, he also said, well, Clive, it's all about the two M's, movement and positioning. <laughs> And he, a nice one he said of Carlton Palmer. Carlton Palmer can trap the ball further than I can kick it. <laughs> Which, as I remember, is very true. Um, yes. He signed him several times. <laughs> yes, he did sign him several times. He must have liked him. Um, so, yeah, a remarkable day with a remarkable man. Unfortunately, he did turn out to be a racist. Um, some years later, he um, was racist live on air and uh, very quickly dropped... Uh, by broadcasters but you know that was out of character i think with the man we met that day wasn't it but um that's racist for you <laughs> full of nasty surprises now you've been busy uh actually earning some uh, beer money if you were allowed that's... to drink it <laughs> yes that's right yeah Sorry, yeah the irony um i mean i know working is against everything we stand for um but yes i did need to earn some beer money uh once trapped indoors um and i've been doing so by teaching english as a foreign language uh to various people around the world you know on skype and so forth yeah um, ideal yeah it's been fun actually I'm, i've enjoyed it much more than i expected because a lot of it is just being paid to chat to people, especially the more advanced uh, students. Mm. They just want to have a bit of practice. Um, and uh, yeah, I've got some very, met some very interesting people. I have a lovely uh, Brazilian lesbian. Um, I think she's a lesbian. It may be that I, I just not taught her gender very well. I'm not sure. Um, I have a student in Kiev who, uh, Unfortunately, I had I felt compelled to ask if they had the best chicken Kievs in the world. <laughs> and um, I have a very stunningly beautiful student from Uzbekistan. Uh, and I was gratified to see just how much we have in common. Uh, 
Ed Sheeran, Taylor Swift, <laughs> Imagine Dragons, all my favourite artists, of course. <laughs> and um, lastly, a, a Turkish student um, who's, who switched to me after having a Mancunian teacher who was teaching him to say, Pob! Pob! <laughs> Uh, so it doesn't matter how you say it as long as you get there. Yes, very good. <laughs> I always used to teach mine, um, when I was doing it years ago, used to teach mine knock-knock jokes <laughs> to improve their English. <laughs> For example, knock-knock. Who's there? Two. Two who? No, it's to whom. <laughs> Um, right, and then in other beer-related news, you have an announcement. I do, yes. I am about to open the UK's only pub. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Lady South has decided to rent a garage. She asked me what I thought of it. I said I thought it was a terrible idea because uh, it would just be filled with all the stuff that we should put in the skip. Uh, and she said, but what if we made a pub in it? <laughs> She's um, a keeper. So, yes, she had a point. So, yes, we're going to create an invitation-only private pub. Mm. For, say, three or four people at a time with uh, a dartboard. Yeah. Possibly a jukebox. Um, Any beer? Right. Final. Um, beer, uh, yes. Uh, I'm looking at stillages on eBay at the moment to, for sort of single casks. Oh, Although it. I think we can probably get away with mini kegs without a yeah. without one. Um, so yes, uh, this is great news, dude. Is can I start news. telling people about the, about you know what what I'd like to call our pub? A our pub. Yeah, or maybe even my pub. Can I say my pub? Have I gone too too far too soon? <laughs> well, the great thing about it is, as Lady South is involved in it, it is more likely to actually happen. Yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is uh, it's ideal because you'll be able to stand around outside it. You won't be inside. Uh, that's where yes. all the problems occur, isn't it? Um, that's right. You can stand around outside or sit outside. Uh, you, I mean, if and if it rains, yeah, a couple, two or three of you can. Uh, sit inside perhaps maybe we'll have to see what the ruling is yes i mean it, it's probably entirely illegal so who yes <laughs> uh, because uh, i think smoking will be allowed i see yeah well, this is really excellent news and this will be in the blackheath area or elsewhere it will be yes yes yeah. and uh, so if you um you'll receive an invitation uh, uh, if not your wife will Oh, I see. <laughs> right, there's a queue. Okay. <laughs> that is brilliant news. Talking of which, the news. The news. The news. The news. 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 Okay, beer and pub news first up. Um, yeah, not much of it. No, very foreshortened. Uh, one thing we could talk about is uh, the will they, won't they be opening sometime in June or in July? I mean, they, we keep getting teased, don't we, by you know, what I imagine are government briefs to various newspapers promising one thing and then ro rowing back on it very strongly the next day. 
Um, but as at the time of recording this, it looks like there will be no uh, pub action, official pub action um, before July. It's that looking that way, yes. It does. The, the comms have been pretty shithouse, it has to be said. Yeah. yeah, we were told June 22nd about two days ago, and now being told that's definitely not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so, yes, um, we, we can only hope for July now. Um, and, and, of course, that in itself will, the emphasis will be on outside. I imagine they won't be opening inside at that point. Yes. Um, somebody uh, tweeted that there is something like, 27,000 beer gardens in the country. So that's, that's right. I read that this morning. 47,000 pubs and 27,000 beer gardens, but perhaps um, fewer in the city. So those beer gardens are going to be quite crowded, aren't they? <laughs> if yes. I have anything to do with it. So we might be stuck in the parks uh, for some time yet. Yeah. Just please open the toilets. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> Shrubberies um, have really come into their own, though, haven't they? Sure, I love a shrubbery. Love a shrubbery. Um, but uh, yeah, when when winter rolls around again, you know, it's still going to be tricky, isn't it? Uh, going into a pub, um, yeah, one can imagine the virus loving a pub almost as much as us. <laughs> you know, it's got uh, the fetid air, proximity mm. of punters standing inside for hours at a time you know it's everything that got meatpacking such a bad name um, <laughs> goes on in a pub so it's going to be a long time if ever for them to get back to normal but i'm, I'm just trying yes. to keep trying to keep it light yeah yeah well inevitably the more you drink the closer you become <laughs> well there is that as well i mean yeah there's the you know the added worry and fun of booze uh, they don't get that in the meatpacking factories. No, no. Everything else is like a pub, apart from the fact they're not allowed to drink. Mm. Awful. Um, yeah, so a lot of pubs are uh, in trouble, and you know, it doesn't take much to wander around and have a look and see which ones might need a bit of help. A lot of them have got signs out or are doing some takeaways. Yeah, um, I noticed... Uh, the Pelton Arms has is crowdsourcing for some funds to aid their survival. Yes, I mean they are partially open for takeaways, um, but they are in danger, great danger of going under. And uh, you can find uh, a crowd a link to their crowdsourcing at their Twitter. The White Swan has already gone in Charlton. That's the same guys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, there's plenty of them around, and probably uh, now is a great time to have a look for them before it's too late. Uh, when I say have a look for them, I mean have a look and see if they've got any means uh, to aid them mm. in this time. Um, well, that is ba that's basically it for pub and beer news. They're still shut forward to next month when hopefully they'll be open. Um, yeah. As I've said, though, you can go and get a takeaway pint and lean on a bin three doors down. Yes. I'm not sure yes, it's legal, but... <laughs> yes, I've had some cracking beers from the River Ale House, yeah. uh, as well as the LBD. Um, uh, but uh, I'm, not cycling, way, yeah. I'm not cycling to the River Ale House. It's too uphill on the way back. <laughs> um Okay, uh, on to other news then. Uh, we got a uh, offer of sponsorship, didn't we? We did, yes, hooray. Are we rich? 
We have actually already got a sponsor. We're on hold with them because uh, it was um, Go Out London, a sort of uh, entertainment and travel app, uh, which yeah. is obviously being kiboshed. But um, this was from Jubal, the yes. top 10 jobs and employment website. Yes, I mean, an even better fit for us than uh, Harry's Razors. Yes. <laughs> um, when they got in touch to see if we, with our, both with our full beards, uh, wanted to have sponsorship from them. Yeah. Um, Jubal is a vertical job search engine that aggregates and displays job ads from thousands of job boards, corporate recruiter pages, and newspapers. I mean, that's us down to a T, isn't it? <laughs> Could be me talking. Could be me talking. Um. <laughs> Don't they, don't they ever read anything they, they want to sponsor? <laughs> uh, they just don't. They don't, do they? Um, no. I, uh, I've got a, a uh, challenger, I think, for headline of the month. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, the headline, this is reported by AFP News Agency. Headline was, Spanish porn star held after man dies in toad venom ritual. <laughs> Difficult to see how that's going to be beaten. Uh, this is a story of Nacho Vidal, who was arrested on manslaughter charges following a man's death during a mystic ritual in which he in inhaled psychedelic toad venom. And I've just been queuing at Little all this time. Makes you think, doesn't it, what people get up to in the lockdown. Genius. Really? Now for the Deserter Challenge. Yeah, uh... You may have heard of the Sofa to 5K challenge that's doing the rounds. Indeed. Um, it encourages people to get up off the city and get more exercise. Pompey Dunk is doing it, actually. Is um, he? Yeah. Though when he was telling me about it, he was sitting next to an 18-pint box of Portobello Pale, to be fair. <laughs> so <laughs> not sure how seriously he was taking it. Anyway, he told me about the, the Sofa to 5K challenge. He has um, Joe Wiley in his ear telling him, how he's doing and encouraging him. And I thought, hang on, sofa to 5K? Surely that's the wrong way round. <laughs> Shouldn't it be 5K to the sofa? Yes, you know, so yeah. you've really got something to look forward to. And um, so after virtually no discussion about it at all, we're proud to announce the Deserter 5K to the Sofa Challenge app, in which we encourage people to spend more time on the sofa and not out running about in the park getting in people's fucking way. The, <laughs> <laughs> the voices of Dirty South and myself will first encourage you to slow down and, and walk for a bit, followed by helpful comments like, is that a pub? And <laughs> what about another pint? Culminating <laughs> in such encouragement as, looks like rain, better stay home, and I think the snooker's on ITV4. <laughs> so that's the deserter 5k to sofa challenge coming soon to the app store 499 pounds <laughs> which is what you'll weigh at the end of it on to our next uh feature we thought we'd talk we talk we're missing pubs i mean you may it may it may be obvious i mean normally in our series we would visit uh two or three pubs per episode wouldn't we and yeah. enjoy ourselves there mm. <laughs> and uh so we thought we'd um 
you know, try, uh, pub recollections or pub tales uh, this time out. I mean, I've been seeing a lot of pubs and indeed ex-pubs on my beer walks. I think this is perhaps what put it in my mind. I've been walking around. I spotted the Paulette Arms locally in um, Brixton or Camberwell. Uh, the Wickham Arms was on Flaxman Road. Um, uh, you know, the King William IV on Camberwell New Road. Uh, these are all pubs that are, are now dead, but... Um, I remember great times in all of them um, and it got me thinking about all their stories you know and how when they're all open perhaps we take them for granted uh, and we thought we'd just have a talk about some of our favourites. Um, one that came to mind immediately was the Windowless pub in uh, Greenwich. Oh yes. East Greenwich. Um, Hardy's. I mean We've had some great times in there, haven't we? Uh, you know, whatever the season or the weather is outside, it's always exactly the same inside, which is mm. really how a pub should be, I think. Um, but one of my favourite memories there is Tom, the uh, the chef who would always tell you what you were having for dinner. <laughs> yes, yes, I loved Tom. Um, uh, rest in peace. He passed away, didn't he, last year, was it? That's right, yeah. Um, that was very sad, um, but uh, yeah, you could always be uh, sure of a, 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 a long-winded welcome from him. Yes, a mixed <laughs> welcome. A mixed welcome from him. Yeah, um, he'd always warm up to you in the end, wouldn't he? But, oh uh, yeah, he was great. He was great, and the dinners were great as well. Even if they were exactly what he'd made, it somehow yeah. talked you into having that. Um, something we've mentioned on the on 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 the podcast before. Uh, was the, uh, the, the the smoke bomb uh, going off? Yes, that was, was in that? the the Watt Tyler pub in uh, Kidbrook when that was uh, the estate pub of the Ferrier Estate. So it was, yeah. Um, yes, we have mentioned it before. Was, yeah, what, it was always a, quite a dingy pub. Again, you didn't see a lot of daylight. Mm. Uh, but one day somebody threw a smoke bomb into it, which cleared the pub. And uh, when the smoke had cleared, someone had nicked the fruit machine. <laughs> genius it's legend it's a legend um and then another one that we, we were both familiar with was the old wheat sheaf at borough market of course um it's the market pub the smaller of the two market pubs and um it used to shut i remember at 8 p.m yeah. and uh which gave you that sort of magic frenzy of last orders <laughs> from half past seven onwards didn't it um yes so you and got then it's time to go out then it's time to go out, yeah. Um, but uh, that was a wonderful pub, full, filled with the market characters and um, also a brilliant governor uh, who, who perhaps we'll come on to later, I don't know. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, that was, a, for many years, uh, a destination for us and uh, our crew mm. and uh, a wonderful spot um, made better by all the people in it, I think. It was a real family feel, wasn't it? Uh, yes, sometimes. Um, yes. Do you remember we, we went there for Spider's Return from Africa? Have we told that story before? Paul? Yeah, yeah. And uh, we met him at the airport with a seven-foot trans woman, because mm. he's quite tiny. Yeah. And uh, stuck him in a limo and uh, drove to the wheat sheep, which opened especially yeah. so Spider could have a pint at about 10 in the morning. Yes. 
uh, yes, within the hour he was in the Thames, wasn't he? Swimming about like a good one. Yes. Uh, other uh, notable pubs, I think, when you think about your favourite pubs, often you, people remember their first pub, the first pub you got served in. Yes, um, that's an important distinction, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, you can even often remember the price. I think mine, I don't want to date me, obviously, uh, but um, I think my first pint cost 24p. Oh, I thought it was a couple of groats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was in the Anchor in Nayland on the Suffolk-Essex border. I'd, um, I've been going in quite a lot with my dad, probably about 12 or 13 at the time. Um, I, he took, my dad would take me and a mate down and buy us a lemonade and lime while he had a pint. Um, apart from one time, he accidentally said lager and lime. And we got served. So I was sitting there, you know, age 13, drinking lager and lime, um, which became my tipple for uh, two or three years. <laughs> because uh, I got served with it. Uh, so, yeah, whenever we went there, I got a lager and lime. So that means I've been heavy drinking for many, many years. <laughs> <laughs> Although, at least, at least I've got some, uh, getting some fruit with that. <laughs> yes. I think the pub I was first served in was the Black Horse in Sickup High Street. Uh, I would go with my brother, who was a few years older than me. Uh, I was about 14. Um, and the worst thing about it was that I would try and keep up with him, pint, pint for pint. So you were getting four... served ale at 14? Yes, I was getting served courage best bitter Yeah. Uh, at 14 and trying to, to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with my brother, which uh, didn't end well for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's now a travel lodge, um, and the uh, developers were forced to make the facade look like the pub did in 1897, as they had originally agreed to, which is when, of course, I first went in. Um, <laughs> I thought I'd make that joke before you did. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Save me the trouble. And then other other pubs uh, of note are, of course, favourite seaside pubs. Um, hmm. I was at university at Kent University and um, stayed for two years in Whitstable and my local i was on the seafront and my local was the neptune inn there uh, which is you know absolutely wonderful pub as many people may know in the summer with tables all around it right on the beach but was even better i reckon in the winter and uh, on a couple of memorable nights when the floods came everybody was up all night um you know slopping out their uh, basements and putting up sandbags um we were in the back of the Neptune, <laughs> ordering pint after pint, having the time of our lives. Oh, wonderful. brilliant being a student! Brilliant. And it's such a cracking pub on the uh, on the beach there, isn't it? Yeah, it's a wonderful, wonderful spot. That's the yes. Neptune in Whitstable. Yeah, um, I was reminded of, when you're talking about seaside pubs um, of the Fortune of War at Brighton. Mm. That's a great place to watch sunset, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, it's right on right on the beach. And um, yeah, I found a, a diary entry recently. Um, I, I've never really kept a, a diary apart from two weeks in my life. And um, this was one of the entries. It said, Fortune of War, Ease, Snogs, Laughs. 
kisses with a zoobed girl, Julia, who said to me after just coming up and kissing me, with all these beautiful girls here, I had to fall for you. <laughs> <laughs> I have no recollection of her whatsoever. I'm sure she was lovely. <laughs> uh, we must get more diaries. I think how much, yes, how much I really wish I had now. When I, when I found this two weeks of debauchery, and it was largely debauchery, <laughs> uh, I thought, God, you know, and I, I had forgotten so much of it. I thought, I wish I had kept a diary more often. <laughs> we uh, were given a f- couple of football pub memories um, as well. Uh, I'm sure you've got, got a couple, but um, Forward the Hamlet, the uh, premier podcast for Dulwich Hamlet, um, remembered very fondly the moment of Eric Dyer's penalty versus Colombia in the mm. uh, 2018 World Cup. That was in the Gowlet in Peckham. Um, one can only imagine the bedlam that occurred. And, of course, the EDT and uh, Goose Green Roundabout after Dulwich Hamlet's playoff final, um, where they uh, their turnover exceeded their normal new year's eve turnover <laughs> wow as everyone piled back there from tooting uh two crack cracking memories there i mean i i um remember the grove in camberwell uh, which used to be uh, a, a hangout for the beautiful people yeah i don't know why they let me in but um <laughs> they'd also show the football and i remember it being a bit utterly banged out for england versus germany and uh the noise that greeted Lineker's equaliser, which I must, which I guess must date it as 1990, but um, the noise that greeted that equaliser against Germany is still the loudest noise I have ever heard made by human voices. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the low ceiling had something to do about it. It's absolutely deafening, but um, yeah, you always remember where you were in those great pub moments watching sport. Yes. I have another sort of England-Germany uh, memory. Uh, when we beat them 5-1 uh, mm. in Germany, you remember that, of course. Yeah. I was in a pub in uh, Exeter with uh, our mate Wack. Um, and uh, it was such a walkover. I was evil, even able to go to the bar in the second half. You know, normally <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> full-time and half-time. Um. Uh, and then... Um, Finally, we're going to mention great governors, great landlords. Yeah. Um, you know, all the best pubs have a great landlord. And great staff, great bar staff. Yeah. Um, the, the best of them are, are, are not only just serving you, but they're also, you know, welcoming, they're connectors, they act like yeah. hosts, they introduce you to other punters that they think you might get on with and so on when you get a good yeah. one you know it yeah We've had a few haven't you, we you need to nurture those relationships yeah i mean one um, of our favorites, yeah one of our favorites go on. would have been danny the wheat chief wouldn't it um yeah uh, he was very good at putting people together and also very good at um getting great staff in who who yeah. uh, complimented the place and he would always have kind of speech uh at knocking at, at uh, clearing out time uh one of them I, re- I remember was um ladies and champions would those of you without tickets to the staff orgy please make your way to the exits 
<laughs> yeah, he was very good. He had, an, an, had a line for every occasion. And um, he had a bell, you know, the last orders bell that he'd ring for various announcements, wouldn't he? Uh, yeah. You know, if he found out it was your birthday or something like that, he'd, he'd ring yeah. the bell, make the whole pub shut up, and announce it was your birthday and that everyone should buy you a drink. It was uh, hilarious. But yeah, Danny's brilliant. I mean, another one that comes to mind immediately is Con at the Blythe Hill Tavern. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and Terry, as you say, it's, it's not just the guys at the helm. It's the no. there's a, there's a staff ethos, isn't there, there that um, runs through the place. Um, it's like, like meeting old friends when you go back in there. It's like seeing friends rather than... Uh, servers yes i mean a lot of them are still friends uh, notably phoebe uh, sorry the mistress <laughs> yeah uh, who was uh, assistant at the wheat sheaf and now runs the rose and crown on union street yeah yeah um so uh yeah i don't know if, maybe you've got some favorite pub memories um if so let us know we could turn it into a, a regular bit i mean it's set me thinking certainly about um uh, pub memories throughout my life. I decided I might write a novel, my life in pubs, mm. <laughs> using pubs to describe various <laughs> sections of my life. Um, but uh, yes, drop them, drop us a line either on Twitter at Deserter Blog or an email to hello at deserter.co.uk. You're a bomb dosser some of the most idle human beings that we've heard of. Yeah. Uh, I had a couple this, this yeah, uh, month. Yeah, this month? Uh, there's a guy called uh, Paul Railton I read about. Um, this was a while ago, but um, he was fined. I think it's considered dangerous driving. He was fined for walking his dog by holding the leash out of his car window and driving very slowly. <laughs> he conceded that there was an element of laziness involved. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he's a bum dosser, and yeah. so is or was Lord Melbourne, the laziest Prime Minister the United Kingdom has ever had. Excellent. Um, we in, need proper leadership in these difficult times. We do, yes. I mean, you'd think Boris was lazy enough, but th- this guy uh, even beat him. He was Prime Minister from, I think it was 1834 to 41. Uh, during which time uh, he had no major achievements, no grand policies, there were no wars uh, or domestic issues to uh, tackle. Uh, he slept through cabinet meetings and parliamentary debates, and his motto was, why not leave it alone? <laughs> I mean, he's got my vote, and he's dead. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, well, for me... Lord Melbourne. You're a bomb dosser. Okay, on to a section we call the social media scene. That's, oh, nice. Yeah, social media scene. It's, it's good, isn't it? <laughs> Can't get over it. Um, you, you've got... Yes, first of all, uh, I, I need to issue an apology. Um, good. What's yes, I would like... It, it, it's about social... It's social media. It's Twitter. Um I would like to apologise for the misunderstanding with one of my tweets. Uh, I can see now how what was intended as a simple observation could be misinterpreted 
as an invitation. Okay. I, I meant, fuck me, I'm fat. Not, fuck me, I'm fat. <laughs> <laughs> fuck me, I'm fat. Um, so in particular, um, I must say sorry to uh, Ten Stone Tone and assure <laughs> him I will be refunding his coach fare. <laughs> I hope it was a mega bus tone. Say again. I hope it was a mega bus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, marvellous. Uh, one uh, that did catch my eye, though, was from. Uh, at Double Shiny, uh, he was taught. In, we, this was uh, related to the uh, statue coming down in in Bristol. Oh, yeah. He was talking about what statues they have in Runcorn, and he said there's one of um, Ethelfreda, who's the daughter of King Ethelred the Unready, who once defeated an attacking army by pouring beer on them and releasing the bees. Oh, yeah. I can only imagine sort of mead or something, but. Um, Personally, I think this statue should be torn down. Uh, beer should not be wasted in the field of conflict in this manner. I'm on. I'm, I'm, I'm all with you. Let's get some tickets. Uh, where was it? Runcorn. Runcorn. Let's go. Um, I uh, saw. Uh, let's have a look. Hannah Rose Woods on Twitter posted a page by. Charles Mastermind, written in 1905. Um, and she added, I will never get bored of Edwardian intellectuals taking one trip to South London, being frightened, and then writing an essay about why they will never visit this strange land again. <laughs> and um, Charles Mastermind wrote, uh, it's entitled Indejection Near Tooting. How to get there? That is not easy because it is the place of all forgotten things. But across the river you may find municipal trams inscribed with its inspiriting title, and by elbowing, elbowing out a few tired work girls and edging away aged men of battered physique, obtain the desired seat. You journey tiredly for immense spaces of time past a moving show of shadow shapes of mean houses in which airy nothing has taken a local habitation and a name. The texture changes from slum to suburb, and from suburb back to slum. At length, amid an impression of rawness, public house and red brick, the final jarring outrage of the municipal break announces your destination. Tooting. <laughs> I mean... Cunt. <laughs> well, I, I, when I read it, the, the aged men of battered physique had a certain ring of truth about it. Yes, fair play. <laughs> you should see us. But um, otherwise, uh, Wolfie Smith now probably lives in a one million, pound, one million pound apartment, doesn't he? Yeah, probably, yes. Yes, Tooting's quite lovely. Uh, but yes, dreadful snobbery. Dreadful snobbery. Um, predating... Giles Corrin by about a hundred years. Yes, he hasn't uh, evolved much, has he? <laughs> no. um, next up was Eduardo Reyes, uh, who, was, who wrote on Twitter, picking up on a popular meme. He said, I'm posting 10 drinks that have influenced me, one each day, 
No explanation. Today, the first, white wine. Tomorrow, red wine. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, you didn't carry it on, but I think we get the idea. I think we get the idea. Um, and then uh, finally, there was a mail out from the handbook uh, about London's finest parks, uh, which unfortunately left out the L in pedalos, meaning the entry for Dulwich read... <laughs> Never a dull moment in Dulwich Park, not least because there are pedos. <laughs> really is a park for everyone. Um, which prompted at Slow Purr to comment, any boat comes near my kids and I'll do time. <laughs> <laughs> and a couple of people had the, some, type, some uh, printing error memories. Uh, Jeff Not Jeff replied, I used to work in a typesetters for a free London paper and my favourite typo was when the word discount was printed as disco cunt. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Kenneth Roberts recalled her place of employment sending out a bulletin to all UK science teachers about the exciting large hard-on collide. <laughs> Try again. The exciting large hard-on collider. <laughs> <laughs> Went to every UK science teacher. Oh, dear. Uh, and I think on that large, hard and exciting note, that's about it, isn't it? I think so, yes. Uh, thank you all for listening both of you and um, we're very hopeful that next time we speak to you we should be doing so from not off if not in a pub then very near one yes and holding a lovely fresh pint oh yes uh, we hope to get back to the trails of series don't we uh, series four yep. uh, with our next outing uh, which will be set in leafy wimbledon retracing the pub steps if you will of a famous former resident are we going to say who it is? Uh, it might put people off. <laughs> How about a clue? Okay, who said, I am not an alcoholic, I am a multi-millionaire? <laughs> Find out next time on the Deserter Pubcast. Oh, that was brilliant, mate. Yeah, what a cliffhanger, eh? Good to have a cliffhanger. Even I'm excited and I know who it is. No. <laughs>